I want to win. And if I don't win, I ain't giving up. Started his business from nothing, that was 2018. Came top salesman in the country multiple times, had a dream. He would scale up his company and train thousands of people. Give you knowledge and teach you, don't let the problems defeat you. Launching private rocket. Welcome to the Profit Rocket Podcast. I'm your host, Victor Rancor. Today, we have another exciting guest. Uh, as you know, in this series, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be covering people that have not only started businesses in the last couple of years, but grown them out of control. And my guest today is another one of those guys that's in, in a market where it might be tough for some people and people say, I can't be done here. Well, he's been able to do it and he's been able to do it on a large scale. Uh, Mr. Sam Matsuk, welcome to the podcast, brother. What's up, Victor? Thanks for having me, brother. Awesome. So Sam is the CEO and founder of Top Line Heating and Air up in Lancaster, PA. Uh, he's grown this business from nothing. I mean, how long has it been in business for? Three years now? Yeah, we just were just finishing up our third year here. So we started in 2020 of March. So in March 2020, you guys know what was going on in March 2020? <laughs> I feel like there was something big happened there. I don't remember what it was. Oh, yeah, that, that was during the middle of COVID. So you, you decided you're going to take an has a, have an entrepreneurial seizure and start a business in the dead middle of COVID. How did that feel? To be honest, I had no idea that that was coming. It was just one of those things. I was just in that moment, I felt like I had to start. So I just went and then that COVID, I thought it was small, but it turned into this. I didn't know it was going to turn into that whole pandemic. Dude, I, I still remember because like March, beginning of March, I was going into my second year in business. And uh, I remember March, beginning of March, my marketing people were like, oh, let's do this radio. Got the deal on this shit. Dude, I dumped all my money into like marketing. And then all of a sudden the phones went to nothing you know what i mean so I, I i get that that's for sure and i still remember i was actually on a private jet with uh ken goodrich heading to the super bowl and that was the beginning of february and i still remember we're sitting on the jet and we're drinking coronas and we're laughing about the coronavirus like nobody knew it was like that big of a deal then like oh we're drinking the coronavirus and i still remember joking about it and i still remember being at the super bowl and everybody was joking about it there about the coronavirus coming and, and then actually you know, in hindsight, they said that Super Bowl was actually like one of the super spreader events. And yeah. I, ended up, I, I think I got, when I left there, I was sick for like three weeks, coughing, dying. So I might have been the, the spreader of that, brought it back to California. So anyway, so you started this business in March 2020. What What is your revenue now since then? Um, so last year we, we closed off at 11.5. Uh, the first year we did, first six months, we did 1.8. Then we did 5.5. So you're looking at just a little over 16, 17 million since we started. So 16, 17 million since you started in 2020 in the middle of a pandemic. So, you know, first off, congratulations. And that's not, you know, that's not normal growth for most people, but especially in your market, man. So like, you know, you're not in a market where it's like Arizona or California, where people have a lot of air conditioning already. You guys got a lot of boilers and, and things along those lines there. Um, has that been a challenge for you guys or, or how's that been? Yeah, it's, <clears throat> I'd say it's definitely been a, a challenge now that I look at it. Um, uh, but going into it, I didn't, I didn't know, I come from a commercial background, so I didn't even come from residential HVAC. All I knew is I'm starting this business and let's, let's make money. And then from there, I just worked with what I had. And then after meeting all these people i realized holy crap we have so many variables but going into it bro it's just just like anything else figuring out and we just knocked it out one step at a time so obviously starting out um 
from a commercial background, now you're going and starting a residential heating and air conditioning company. And you guys are primarily residential, correct? 100% residential, yeah. 100% residential. So now you're coming from a background you don't know. You're coming from the, the commercial side. Now you're coming into dealing with homeowners. What made you make that jump? Like normally people like they're going to go after what they already know, right? Like I already know commercial. I'm going to go do commercial. Um, what I, the main reason is in the commercial space. Um, what I seen is it's a lot of like relationship based. So it's like where you have relationships, you go with these businesses and you try to win them. Uh, what I saw with residential, it's, it's people buying people. So right away I knew that the, it's going to be a faster transaction or a faster point of, for me, what I believe was a faster point of sale at the time. So I was like, Hey, and commercial and residential is easy. You know, you're dealing, not dealing with these big rack systems. You're dealing with a couple of wires of control voltage, low voltage, and it's just a change out. It's not, it's not much compared to commercial. Yeah. I mean, but the other part is the dealing with customers, right? Like going from a commercial where it's like, yeah, you just go in, fix it. You just deal with the property manager or whatever you're dealing with. And now you're going to deal with homeowners, right? And you're in people's houses and, and that stuff. How was that kind of transition for you? To me, it was kind of naturally, Vic, I'd say. The reason is I've always been, for the most part, like a people person, especially when I get to know someone. Like, I, that's like my, like who I am as a naturally. I, I want to talk. I'm naturally that type of person that wants to be around people. With the commercial space, you're dealing like I was doing with working with out here. We have milk tanks. So we have milk farms. We're working with farmers, just different things along those lines. So it's not the best kind of relationship. So going into it, actually caring about customers, actually naturally for me, I enjoyed that. And when there was an issue, I wanted to resolve it because that's who, like, that's naturally I wanted to take care of it. Of course, there's criteria and lines for that. But for the most part, that's that was kind of my focus as a person. I wanted to take care of people. That's awesome. So you jumped into it and, you know, people always ask like, dude, how'd you start your business? How'd you get customers? You want to kind of dive in a little bit on how you went from nothing, nobody knows you to starting to get that first customer. Yeah. So, um, actually this actually, it's funny. So what I did right away, I wanted to see how I could stand out as a company. I knew that I had to stand out. So I started looking for marketing companies and, and some sort. So I created my Google first day, dude, I had a uniform. I had Google, my business already created, launched out all these little things that were free, um, getting out there on, you know, I think I was on next door, just whatever I could right now. I created my profiles, Facebook, everywhere that I could. I created a profile um, and I let people know that I was getting into HVAC business. So from there, my very first client, believe it or not, was a Google search. Someone that searched HVAC near me and they found that I was right around the corner. That was my first job that I landed. You want to know something funny is that people have been in business for 10 years and still can't get people to find them on Google. It's kind of a, it's kind of embarrassing, man. I talked to some of these guys like I never get Google calls. I'm like, dude, like. This is not that complicated. You just have to, it's like anything else you feed it and it's going to come back to you. So that's pretty cool. I mean, that's, that's rare. I mean, for me, I obviously every, every contractor has their own path and everybody has their own path and story. But like for us, like it was never like Google was like an afterthought when I started my business, which if I was to start over, like it would be like, number one, like we got to get my website, my SEO, my GMB, my, you know, map packs, all that stuff dialed in first where I did it the opposite. Like my big thing was obviously social media and networking and things like that is kind of how I grew my business. And you want to talk a little bit about that. So like, even for me, you know, when I started my business, I was really heavy on Facebook ads, stuff like that. And, we and were, that's where we got a business. So 
that was just my first job because I thought that's what you asked. But yeah, really the growth, I'll give it credit to. It's been face social media, just like you. It's been that call to action fast. Like you show up, uh, those, those types of leads is what, you know, brand we're just kind of getting ourselves known. Um, um, but it was just, honestly, I think it was just luck that we got the first lead job from Google. Cause after that, I don't, I don't know how many jobs we got from that. Cause it was just, it was just one of those, it was just luck of the moment. Actually, it was nice that it happened. Cause I was like, Talking to my wife, I was like, babe, let's, I'm going to go. And then was, she's like, well, how are you going to get work? I was like, well, we'll see it. So I created Google and we got a job. But see, 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 it's that easy. It's, it's easy. But there it is. Yeah. But from there, no, we, we ended up, uh, I ended up hiring a marketing agency and then we ended up uh, uh, blowing up with uh, Facebook, uh, Vic, just like what you were saying. That's literally what I use Facebook and social media. Um, it is day, actually. We just started really diverting our, marketing towards other avenues which is crazy because like obviously when when you started or when i started like facebook was a whole different ball game because obviously the targeting and, and how you can get in front of people was completely different i mean the leads were so damn cheap and, and obviously you have to know how to convert them right and like that was the big thing with us is like people are like oh facebook leads are shit and i'm like yeah they're shit if your process is shit and your and your conversion is shit like yeah but if you give me at that point dude leads were like freaking seven to ten dollars a lead or something like that on facebook and I'm like, dude, I'll run through the shit all day and find some gold. You know what I mean? And that's and that's kind of how we were able to grow our business because I can get cheap leads. I got guys that know how to sell it. I got dogs. I can get in the house and make deals. And that's kind of what we did uh, to be able to grow our business too. So, I mean, obviously more power to you. So, you start up in March 2020. You said, what did you end up at your uh, those first six months? About 1.8 million? 1.8, yeah. Just about 1.8, yep. 1.8 million and the makeup of that was you know is that a, i know you guys don't do as many uh like central systems like we do in california you guys are doing primarily mini splits and stuff like that right so at that first time when the lead to the marketing was different we were getting a lot of change out leads so we didn't the mini split market wasn't there um well it wasn't at like the gold mine for us because at that time we didn't have no service to part nothing all we did is ran free estimates and did that um so that was i mean we did a lot of change outs then we were you know Closing ratio wasn't good, but we were able to just, you know, keep it flowing um, and just kind of went whatever, did whatever we could. And that's how we got a lot of those change out leads. So, yeah, we were definitely doing a lot of uh, change outs there. Um, but it has shifted since a little bit. So. Well, I mean, I know we were talking out when I was out in Florida and, you know, you still said that most of your business is from, you know, from replacement leads rather than, you know, and like my my business right is primarily service to replacement where yours is primarily estimate to replacement and you know obviously installation um you want to talk a little bit about that and, and i know a lot of people are listening and they're like dude sam how, how big is your service bar we're not very big right no no we're and, only and, good. no yeah and and how many how big do you think you're going to be how many million do you think you're going to do this year are we're budgeting for 18 million so 18 million in year three without a service department, really, which is kind of crazy. And we, we were all kind of laughing about it. And then we were sitting around the table and everybody's like, oh, you got to build a service department. And we're like, why? Service is a fucking headache sometimes, right? Like if you can get, you can make that, if you can get the sale, you can get the revenue, you can get the profits from replacement. Like, why do you want to do service? And, and really think about it. It's, it's a headache. Is it a, a necessary evil, right? Like as you scale, you know, you want to, you want to start adding that service department. It's going to be, a, and obviously it's going to be very lucrative too, but uh, you want to talk about that too? Like, have, have you had struggles with the service department or what, what's made you really just lean in on this side? So um, what really was uh, when we started, we just, well, 
one of my partners is Lyle and his mindset was we got to get to the result the fastest. And his is like, if we can get to a free estimate as fast as we could or to a system replacement, let's try that. So we kind of just, and that's kind of where I knew. Um, and from there we just developed and we kept sharpening that process. How do we, you know, I was studying, how do people like, what type of, how do I text this person that they answer faster, that they want this system without like hurting them or, making them stop responding. So I was studying the communication along the way, which method worked, how many outbounds do I do? If I call them five times in a row versus two times in a row. And what I did is I focused on really that customer experience from that point of lead generation to the point of booking really hard and consistently improved that process and simplified it, but to get the same result. And that has been our, I guess, key point in managing the current leads that we're generating to keep because those people are shopping they're on the market they're usually price shoppers but no i knew that if i can get them on the board that we can you know there's a good chance we'll close them yeah and a lot of people the same thing is is and, and you guys are listening to this is like you get a lead you call it they don't answer and you say oh shucks they didn't answer the lead the lead sucks and a lot of times it's like yeah they don't answer right away but like for us like dude i'll shotgun dial those motherfuckers i will call them until they until they're blue in the face until they gave me a yes or a no. And, and a lot of people don't understand that. And I had a buddy of mine, he used to work for a, he worked for a big company and you know, everybody knows the big company out in Vegas, Arizona. And he was working, he was running their big box for them. Right. And they had the home Depot leads and the home Depot leads come in and, and obviously, you know, home Depot leads aren't the best leads on the planet, but they come in and you've got to treat them with it. And that phone room and, and anybody that's ever been successful in, in this, in this industry knows that the phone room is the most important part. And his phone room, he's like, dude, I was in this phone room and I was the manager and we called this person 29 times. He's like, that was a record times that we called somebody within a one week period and we actually booked the call. He said it took 29 phone calls. And he's like, that's how serious that this guy is, big name guy. And I think it was uh, Mr. Goodrich. Mr. Goodrich was so serious about booking every freaking appointment and, and not and not over, you know, not leaving any lead behind that they called him 29 times to book that call. They got out there and I think it was, I don't know what happened with the call, but it doesn't matter that it, it's the, it's the science behind it. It's the, it's the thought behind it that that lead matters and you can't allow it to fall through the, through the cracks just because you didn't answer. Like you already paid for it. And that customer filled out their information. At some point they were interested in what you had to offer and you have to be relentless to it. And I think that's kind of what you're saying you're doing is that you guys have built a process where you guys are relentless to those leads and really nurturing them. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Always, always nurturing them. Yeah. So well, now, now you got the, you got this business, you're growing, um, obviously, you know, as like anybody else does, like you got to go through some growing pains and you want to talk a little bit about some of the struggles you guys had to go through, obviously growing a business. And this is something we'll talk about, you know, in these podcasting next couple episodes is dude, growing a business fast. Isn't fucking cheap, dude. It is hard It's stressful. It is, it is like, you are going to get consumed by that shit. You want to talk a little bit about being consumed by that and, and how you, how you felt some days and stuff like that. So people realize that they're not alone on this stuff. Yeah. Um, so right off the bat, as, as soon as it started, like kind of getting that first vision and like, cause really at first it was like, ah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be my own guy and just make some money. But then I ended up working 12 hours, 16 hours a day. And so I told my wife, I said, it's going to take us two to five years to like maybe do anything. And I just focused in the first year. And I kid you not, I mean, some of the strong, some of the things we went through, just like anyone else, is we went through turnover. You know what I mean? Wrong hires. I mean, I'd hire whatever. You'd come in. I remember the one hire we had. I mean, I got the complaint that he's laying on the neighbor's 
driveway or something tanning in the middle of the day. Like just these are the types of hires I had at first. Without yeah, that's kind of hot. That's kind of hot. Hey, <laughs> hey, you can make a you can make a commercial out of that and be like, hey, do you want to go with the guy that's gonna suntan in your driveway or do you want to go with top line? You know. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the kind of people like we were just kind of bringing on people. Um, but that has taught me. Um, it has taught me that I was, you know, what it has created like these understandings, how to, how to hire people, how to, how to treat people, how to, you know, grow people. And then from there, as far as a cash standpoint, um, we, um, yeah, I didn't really put any money into it. Just, we, I just was disciplined myself to not take any money out, just literally reinvested my money back in the business. I mean, I made less than I made as a technician for the first few years. And the thing is, is a lot of people don't understand it. It's the discipline of just realizing that I'm going all in and with the goal, goal to to eventually long term win. But when you're in it, like you don't understand it. There's so much like you have that money coming. You're like, oh, I could spend it or I'd go buy another van. I'd go buy because I couldn't get loans at the time. I had no business credit. So I had to buy phones, uh, vans, cash. Well, what's happening with the car market that time? It's going up, right? So we have to wrap them. You have to wrap the vans. Well, I didn't know how to bid on wraps at the time, so I'm paying this full price to wrap these vans. That I I didn't I didn't know what it was to compete, reduce my costs. I didn't know any of that stuff. So I was spending top dollar for everything while trying to grow so fast. So um, that definitely did add up. I mean, it taught me to know my to want to know my numbers. What is my cash flow? It taught me how to leverage. I mean, how have a sit down with vendors, have a real man to man conversation. I remember having my first combo with my Vic, with my vendor and we're sitting at the table and he's like, what are you going to do? I said, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. He's like, Sam, we've heard, you know, so many people that wanted to do this, but no one did. I said, dude, I'll do this. Just, 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 just watch. I need this from you. I need this kind of credit line. This is what I need, but it's going to help me do this. So that I can add this guy, add another van to do this, and I'll get you guys the result. Just give me some sort of terms. And then, you know, they started asking like your typical vendor would like, give me your credit credentials, financials, like, like what's your top line, what's your bottom line revenue, dude. I didn't even know what top line or bottom line revenue meant at the time. That's how that's how newbie I was. But at that time, the thing is, when I was talking to these vendors, I asked them, why the heck would you guys like later on? I'm like, why would you guys go with something They're like, well, there's something that you carried was like the vision and the passion that we kind of just wanted. Like we haven't seen this uh, someone this young wanted so passionately grow a company. And then that you just kept like when we confronted you with things, you kind of like took it and actually received it and went and did your homework to to bring us a solution that showed us that you were like truly engaged. And they like that was one of the things I remember. Um, really being real but at the same time realizing that you don't know everything but at the same time staying hungry to continue to learn and keep growing yourself and that's whether i mean vic i think i flew out to your place at one point i flew out to tommy uh tommy mellow's garage at one point we visited um talking yeah. with tommy and this is within the first year of business i think we've yeah we flew out to uh next gen and then we flew out to also ghetto actually toward arizona and ghetto uh, one, with one of the, uh, Ken's uh, manager, we were there. But all I did, I was so hungry. I just wanted to see what it looked like to 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 be there because I I realized if I got the vision to see it, I mean, I can get there. Yeah, and it's important, right? Like, cause I still remember when I first started. So my first couple months, I had my business. I didn't have a contractor's license, so obviously everything that I was buying was cash, and I had to buy it out of the back door of my buddy's van, you know. 
he, he, he was funny because it's my buddy Andrew, Andrew Shen. He probably listened to this thing and he's, he's in my market and we work together at Service Champions and he started his business. And I'm like, dude, if Andrew can figure it out, like I can figure it out. But when I started out, I had no license, so I had to buy from him. So I'd buy from him and he, he came to me one day. He's like, dude, what the hell are you doing? You're buying more equipment than I am. Like, I can't even keep up with the shit you're buying. Cause I'm like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I feel like I'm your drug dealer and I'm just like freaking delivering you equipment all day. I'm like, whatever, we got to figure it out. And, and, and I still remember my, the first vendor I went to and, and I'm telling them what I'm trying to do. And they're just like, no, that's, you know, like, okay, like that sounds great. But like, no, that's not, that's not how this works. And I'm like, you don't understand. I'm going to buy a lot of shit. Like one of you guys is going to trust me. And one of you guys is going to give me the opportunity. And when I get, when I get my license in a month or so, you're going to be the vendor I use. And I still remember the other vendors like, no, no, no. And then one of the vendors is like, Hey, I have a way that you can start buying stuff, but it's under this license and we'll figure it out. Right. So I was able to figure it out and they were, I started buying stuff from them under that license and, and pay it that way. So not to keep going to this guy's house every day. And, and then obviously it turned into that business, making millions and millions and millions of dollars of, of you know, me making millions of dollars of purchases from them because of the way they treated me at that time. So, you know, if you're a vendor, listen to this, like, you know, some of these young guys, you just got to listen to them, but you know, it, it's very difficult. I didn't have, I didn't have a bunch of cash start in my business. I didn't have much credit, same as you. It's a, and it's dude, it's Robin Peter to pay Paul. And, and like you said, and, and then you circle back, he said he invested everything, dude. Like I literally would invest everything. Like I would, I had maxed out credit cards. I had, I had, I had employees that I would borrow. I'd borrow money from like, for like, Hey, I need to borrow money for seven days and, and, and to pay the payroll and I'll pay you back and all these things and all the stuff that, you know, I'm going to talk about in my book. And, and the struggles that you go through and a lot of people think it's only them, but dude, it's Sam. I mean, this guy's freaking growing a business. How old are you, Sam? 26, 26, 20, 26 years old. He's about to have an $18 million business, right? Like you guys got to think about that and you got to really think like what kind of sacrifice does it take to have and what kind of dedication. And, you know, Sam, I still remember the first time you came out to California and you just, you, you had this like a, uh, like puppy dog look in your eye, man. Like you just wanted to learn. And yeah. it's very rare that most guys will be humble enough to say, hey, I don't know what I, what I don't know and I want to learn. And I think that's been the biggest turning point in my career is I finally said, okay, I don't know everything and I would just shut up and listen. And when I go into rooms now, like a lot of times I'm just listening to try to figure it out. And if you're doing that and, and if you're listening to this podcast right now, really try to find those rooms, really try to put yourself out there, really try to get in front of those people because once you see it, because nothing's possible until you know it's possible, right? Like you don't, you can't, you can't fathom being in a hundred million dollar house till you go to a hundred million dollar house. You're like, Oh shit. And when you see these businesses and, and the guys that are running them aren't different than me, you and Sam, like they're just not, they're, they're the same. Right. So you're 26 years old. You got a business that's going to do $18 million this year, probably more knowing you. Cause I, I think you like to undershoot yourself. <laughs> uh, and you got a growing business. You got a beautiful wife. Like what is, what is Sam's goal? Like what, what would you, where do you envision yourself in a couple of years, man? Like, you know, three, four or five years from now, where, where's Sam going to be? So, uh, I really like, I had developed this. So business became like its own language to me. It's like, I treat business as it's like, if it's a person, you got to take care of it. Um, and what I, I guess what I've developed even this throughout this year, just learning, growing a business is I, you know, if I get the opportunity or when I get the opportunity, I definitely want to invest into young business entrepreneurs. And, you know, that's definitely one of the, the whether that's through HVAC or other businesses. Um, but I mean, my vision for the next three, five years is to really scale this company until then. You know what I mean? I, I want to have the the walk in the walk with it, grow it, you know, grow a company that's 
50, doing $50 million while well, that's multi-location. I want to do the work. Um, and then, you know, what doors that opens up, whether it's a sale or whatever so sort that it goes that way, um, definitely, you know, take those big opportunities and do big things there. But that for now, like really focus to grow this, make it big. Yeah. And, you know, obviously I talking to Sam and Sam's one of the guys that said, Hey, like you would jump in. Obviously you guys know that I started the, the ignite program to help contractors under 2 million. And he was one of the, I asked in my group chat and he's like, yeah, I'll jump in. Like these guys, there's a lot of young guys like myself and, and, and Sam and Mario that I had on the podcast last week. And these guys that are willing to help people, man, like, I think that's the signature that's different from our generation to the last. I feel like before it was like, dude, I, I would, they, they were old school. It's like, get the information and fucking hoard it to myself and not give anybody shit. Like I want to kick my competition's ass. And I feel like maybe it's when social media or whatever it is, but I feel like our generation's far more open to what's working, what's not working and trying to help each other. Do you kind of feel the same way or how do you feel about it? Yeah. I mean, I think to be transparent, Vic, without that, I wouldn't be where I'm at. It's because of these podcasts, these videos that I listen to, these books that I'm reading. I mean, dude, my first book, I remember, I'll be honest with you. I remember reading Tommy Mello's a, a Home Service Millionaire book. I'm reading in my kitchen table while like trying to create estimates and I'm reading it and then there's a phone number to call for mentorship. And I called that number. I, f I forget the guy. And he's like, oh, you're, you're just starting out. You're, you know, the, a little too small yet for this, this kind of training. But I didn't like, I didn't even think about this stuff. The, I was that hungry. Like I just wanted to learn like, um so i think vic i you know, for my i think it takes us it's it's this is you you want to go you want to go you know fast go by yourself but you want to go far like you you got to grow together and like we you will actually i i think it in the terms of winning years back like you're you're gonna learn it yeah you're right you're gonna learn it one way or the other you can learn it yourself try trial and error and you know hopefully don't run out of money because that's usually when business fails cash or you can, you know, reach out, humble yourself, right? And ask, hey, I need help. I'm struggling here, this and that. What would you do here? It's literally what I did. I mean, we're still doing it to this day. I'm still asking because I don't know. Like, I'm still learning to get to the next level. So I'm asking, you know, what would you do here? This It's the same thing. Um, I think really the pride comes before the fall. If you're not humble enough to ask, like, you're not going to be humble enough to receive. And honestly, you're, you're, you're limiting yourself, in my opinion. No, I agree. I agree with all that stuff, man. It's, uh, you know, and the crazy thing is there, there's a lot of people that'll help, man. There's, there's, uh, you know, I've been in, you know, obviously growing my business fast. I've been in bad situations of, dude, like, I remember like thinking I'm going to go like shut in the doors and had to, I mean, at, at one point I laid off a lot of people and I had to go through all that stuff. And it was, uh, it was humbling, right? Like even right now, like me and me and Sam, we're talking before this podcast, like, dude, like, you know, growing, like I've grown over the last couple of months is not easy. Right. So, you know, people don't realize the amount of cash it takes, right. If you want to go hire 30 people and buy all these trucks and wrap them and upfit them. And then on top of that, like I'm dealing with, with my event and all the other money going out. So like, even for me now, like, this is probably like the worst shittiest time I've had in a long time just, but it's, but it's also, it's a like an unwavering belief in myself that like, if I can, if I can get through this and I can make this happen, like what's going to happen. And I, I'm such a, and same thing as probably you are like, I'm such a forward, I'm like already living over here. Like I could see what's going to happen if I could do it, but it fucking right. sucks. It sucks along the way. The fucking journey sometimes sucks. And I think that's uh you know, but that's part of the story, right? Like that's, that's why, you know, that's why, 
you know, people listen to me and, and, and some other guy that might've grown slow is never going to get listened to because sometimes it just takes people being fucking crazy and having big balls and making shit happen. Like a guy that was doing freaking rest. Like you were think about it, dude, three years ago, like today, you were pretty much doing commercial HVAC work and you decided to start a business that's gone. And now you're going to do 18 freaking million this year, man. Like that is insane. Like, think about it. Like, do you ever like, that's the other thing too. I'll ask you, um, and especially in our startup section here is like, one of the biggest mistakes that I made growing this business is not slowing down and enjoying the little wins, dude. Like I was such a rush to get to 5 million. That I didn't even think about the other shit. I was in such a rush to get to, you know, 10, 15, 20 million that I, I didn't even enjoy the ride. Have you been able to enjoy the ride or you just been kind of head down? I'll tell you, Vic, up to, up till December of this last year, um, it was just grind and grind, grind. But I'd say from December till now, it's been more or less, I've been focusing. I've been focusing more on my team. I've been focused on more of the people that are going to help me get there versus the goal. Because what at one point I learned is I was growing so far with, because I'm the, I, I view myself as a visionary. I was growing so far with the vision, which was growing. Like, I want to do this, this, and this. But this is the team that's going to help get there. And if the, the gap was, you know, you know, the gap in there, which is communication, it's processes, different, the actual, the, the journey, the work that gets there. It was growing and what happened is it was starting to create burnout. So I learned like, or I should say I didn't learn. I'm learning right now, um, which will can translate back to kind of enjoying the journey, but also being, you know, grateful for where I'm at, looking at it, and then also like working together to hit the goal. Um, so I definitely can say that the up to 10 million was just just trying to push, 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 sales, sales, sales. Um, now more, you know actually trying to produce more profit. I mean, you know, it, it takes cash. Um, at the end of the day, we want well, to- and that's, and that's why I like this, this section, you know, this segment and, and about the guys that are growing fast is like, because there's there's guys that have grown big businesses and the, and the old school guys and like, oh, I built this big business, but they started with money, man. I, I enjoy listening to the guys that started like us with nothing, like just a fucking dream and a goddamn, not credit a good kid a credit card and a fucking can't quit attitude like let's figure it out and you know that's kind of like and i think that's a little bit different like if i had someone that started with millions of dollars and he grew a business fast like that's not a that that doesn't do it for me but like what you've done mario's done i've done and, and some of these other guys that we're gonna have on man it's like dude these are fucking bootstrap dude these are like everybody that's listening to this podcast this could be you and just everyone that that's listening like it's 100 percent possible if you want to bootstrap and you're willing to sacrifice are you willing to sacrifice three to five years of your life to have to live the life of your dreams? And if you're not willing to do that, then you're going to sit on the sidelines and probably point fingers at the guy that did it. But the guy that did it literally gambled his entire livelihood. I gambled everything I have to my name, dude. I, I had everything to make this happen, to make my dream happen. And I think that, you know, if you guys are willing to do that, then you deserve the fruits of your labor, man. You get you deserve what you're going to get on the other end of it. But, um, Sam, uh, you know, everything on these podcasts, there's uh, uh, one question I'm going to ask is like, if you were to go back from day one, what would you tell yourself? Um, some things I would tell myself is learn to actually listen. Um, listen and listening is not just by ears. It's also listening and like what you're seeing. Um there's a lot that can be communicated within your team, the people that you're growing. And usually when it's something very noisy, if they're, you know, they're angry or anything, that's usually a byproduct of something else that already took place that stirred them up, that make them blow up because your team is what's going to take you there. 
Um, and what happened is I, I wish I, um, I think I had a lot of too much confidence. I thought I knew what I was doing, which I was, I mean, I was reinvesting, but some, at one point I was over leveraging and not bringing enough return on my cash. Therefore put me in like, you know, difficult situations to try to figure out how to get out of it, which I got out of it because that was my mindset. But I knowing what I know now, like I'm realizing sometimes I'm trying to speed up, but sometimes you got to speed, wait a little bit at a level, and then you shoot up versus just this this level of trying to go and I'm actually going down. Like, and that's what I felt like. Um, I, like I honestly, Victor can say what I know now, I bet I could do it a little faster. And, and that's kind of where like I'm trying to get to is like, realizing and being self-aware of the people mm -hmm. myself and and the reality of the the life of the business what's the business doing what's the business talking to me what's it telling me to do what you know what what area needs a little bit of attention right now um that's what i'd probably a little more focus not emotional focus but like logical focus of what's going on yeah and that's the same thing with me man like it's i've made a i've paid millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars in mistakes at this point. And it's like, you know, and it kind of sucks. And I think about it. So sometimes I think about it and it's like, fuck dude. Like if I was to start over, like, dude, I wouldn't even like, I would literally obliterate every, like I would have kicked my own ass. Like it wouldn't even be close, but you know, you can't go back. You can't like, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I pay him for an education, right? You got to learn along the way. And, and the main thing is, you know, not making the same mistake twice and making sure that you, you know, you learn from it. You know, I've had to learn a lot of lessons. Like my, my business story is, is a little bit crazy. Um, and I'm doing while doing it simultaneously in front of the world and, and doing all this other stuff has been, uh, it's been interesting to say the least. And man, it's also very humbling. Right. So you have to like, when you got, you put yourself out there, you also gotta, you gotta make sure you don't miss cause they're coming to shoot your ass. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's kind of part of the deal that I got to deal with. And and I'm sure, you know, same thing with you, man, you're going to have, you probably have a target on your back in your neighborhood too. Like people are like, who are these guys or they're, they're growing, they're taking our customers and, and you get that kind of stuff. So, man, I, like I said, I've, I've been, uh, you know, even I still remember flying out to Vegas on that jet lot, you know, not last year, the year before. And, and, you know, just thinking like, man, this kid's got, this kid's got something special. He just has to, you know, he just has to make it happen at this point. It seems like that's kind of where you're at now, man. You're ready to make something happen be, and become you know, create something special. So I'm excited to see your growth. I'm excited to see where you are two years from now. And, you know, year five, I just think like by then you're just going to be a freaking beast, man. It seems like you're getting better every day. So I uh, just want to say thanks for coming on, Sam. You got a great story. If you guys, uh, if anybody wants to reach out to Sam, have any questions, what's the best way to reach you? Oh, uh, you could just find me on Facebook. Just my name, Sam Matzik, Um, Or you can uh, on Instagram as well, Matzik Sam. Just DM me and then I can, if, need be we'll share contact exchange and go from there awesome guys well i hope you guys enjoyed episode number 16 i enjoyed it obviously hearing the story of a young hustler like sam just gets me motivated and i hope it motivates you guys and uh this series is going to continue with you got a bunch of guys that have started some great businesses in different pockets of the of the country and grown them fast and grown them profitably and and the next guy up is someone that actually sold his within four-year period went and sold it for over 30 million dollars so uh, i'm excited hope you guys enjoy the next episode sam thanks again for coming on brother Thanks, Vic.